soup and they throw the cans of soup. That's better than a brick because you can't throw a brick, it's too heavy. But a can of soup, you can really put some power into that, right? And then when they get caught, they say, no, this is soup from my family. They're so innocent. This is soup from my family. It's incredible. And you have people coming over with bags of soup, big bags of soup, and they lay it on the ground and the anarchists take it and they start throwing it at our cops, at our police. And if it hits you, that's worse than a brick because it's got force. Welcome back, everyone. Um, friends, friends of the pod, enemies of the pod. Um, we are back here. It's Brigham Young Money. We got Kyle here just uh, having a delightful evening. How are, how are my boys doing? Greg, I know you're, you're having a great night. God is dead. <laughs> this is the year that uh, the Book of Revelations has actually become uh, nonfiction uh nothing is good everything is bad um yeah that's greg if that's greg really didn't it. have a, Just, if greg didn't have a family he would be buried in the sawtooths right now complete he existential would have buried himself, <laughs> would have buried himself uh, i'd be I'd, I'd be growing like the forrest gump beard and just yeah living off the land yep <laughs> like i'm just i'd be like the real life real real life uh, Emil Hirsch and Into the Wild. I know it's based Ooh. on a true story. Just shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> the crowd goes wild. Jordan, how are you, my friend? Oh, I'm getting over a stomach bug from eating Del Taco a couple nights ago. So oh, that's nice. uh, yeah, mistakes were made. That's the only thing we can really say. Um, <laughs> oh, just man. had a horrible existence. I've just wished for death for like the last 24 hours. What did you get? You know, it was like dollar, like taco things like the little oh yeah yeah those are great right um oh, i used to do yeah it was like an everyday so when i was in high school my, my my parents they paid for my my they gave me lunch money or whatever but at some point i convinced them to stop paying the school lunch money and just give me cash and i would just go to del taco every day and i got like a two dollar lunch every day and they'd give me a free soda i'd get a bean and cheese burrito and then two 49 cent tacos every day just great stuff until like you know you just can't (laughs) function anymore because you can't be more than 30 seconds away from a bathroom yes sir oh great times that's yep that's fantastic well the reason why we're doing so good is that uh minutes ago (laughs) mike conley Conley, uh unfortunately wasn't able to carry the jazz's piss poor performance uh, across the finish line, and uh, the Jazz have been officially eliminated from the NBA playoffs. Um, nothing is good. That that isn't something we can look at anymore as being a way we can escape. Like, it just couldn't have been the more like any more of a 2020 ending. Like this year has, has it sucked shit from like Jump Street, you know? Dude, no. So that ball it, that Mike Conley shot, he, so that that three pointer was halfway shot, in. It was halfway in. It was Bernie after Nevada. That ball yes. was Bernie after Nevada. It was third state in a row, just bam, 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 kicking ass in the Democratic primaries. And the ball going out was Obama making a very uh, a very timely call to the rest of the Democratic field to coalesce behind joe biden it so was joe biden it was, was trump it was oh it i was, should make a meme of that now that i'm thinking about that actually. it was it was trump saying the virus is just gonna somehow go away <laughs> we've got no cases folks we've got no cases we killed the person who got off the cruise it's fine we got no cases he didn't kill it they didn't kill him they parody redacted 
I parried it. Yeah. So, um, you know, that sucks. I don't know how much really we have to say there other than like this team at very, at times we should have buried this game, uh, and we should have buried the series in game five. We didn't. And now we're paying the price. Um, so it is what it is. Um, and Quinn Snyder still did donate to Burgess Owens. I was really hoping he could channel that, like J- the soul of JFK Jr., the soul of Q, and really just pull something out of his ass there at the end. But we couldn't. We couldn't make it happen. Turns so, out Q uh, is just one giant L. I know. <laughs> I just want to point out the Jazz have not won a game since Niang decided to go after people on Twitter for making fun of the Jazz reaching out with like Mayor Mendenhall. <laughs> Sucks to suck. His losses on George Niang, as per usual. How the fucker um, is Twitter fingers faster than his feet? Have you ever seen dude, that guy try to close out? That's why he just needs to, he really needs to stop name searching himself. It's You just gotta, you can't do that. Um, yeah, like, dude, you're an NBA player. Like, yeah. instead of spending time on Twitter name searching, like, why don't you just log into your bank app? Dude, I, I, I couldn't, I, I can't remember if I said it on here. You're fucking but I, rich. I, w- I wanted Juwan Morgan to play in his stead. And the only way I could knew I could get through to Quinn is if I tweeted, George Niang, I know you're seeing this. Will you please ask Quinn to play Juwan Morgan instead of you? Because uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was desperately needed at certain points. But hey, so that's the end. Uh, maybe we'll talk more about the We've stuff been- as it goes on, but it's not really relevant, I guess, at this point. Um, but we will be talking a little NBA news um, and kind of a recap of what happened over the last week. But the last time we talked, we talked about someone named Deloy Hansen, the King of Kings. Um, so Papa, fucking mad I missed that episode. Papa Loy Loy. Oh, yeah, that that is Greg is back. Um, as I mentioned, he's out of he's back from his bike trip. Um, what did you what did you say whipping ass on a bike i don't know i just imagine like doing a sick tail whip dude um whipping ass on a bike um but yeah so real salt lake we talked about that last time and since then um we did make a pretty uh pretty wild call on that episode we said deloy wouldn't make it through the weekend and your boys at BYM do not miss, and he do was out Sunday morning. Miss, bro. If and we were, if we were on the Jazz, I mean, we'd be, we'd be heading to the second round. Absolutely. Just, just saying, <laughs> and we, we do don't not miss, you know, and we don't bankroll slush funds for the SLC PD, and we don't donate to QAnon candidates. Just, we, just saying, folks. We absolutely don't. And um, yeah, so and and also for the second time in, in, in a week, we had your second member of Brigham Young Money on uh, the local news discussing what was going on. I don't think I meant I don't know if I mentioned this to you guys, but I was on KSL evening news. <laughs> oh, discuss, shit. To discuss uh, Deloitte's exit. I was uh, I went down Look to the stadium you. and filmed it in person, actually. But um yeah, so Deloy Hansen announced Sunday morning that he was going to sell Utah Soccer LLC, which includes Real Salt Lake, Real Monarchs, and Utah Royals. Um, and that's that's great. We are very glad that's happening. But as a lot of people pointed out and knew, Deloy Hansen was only, um, you know, he was obviously running the whole fucking shit show from the top down, but his number two in command, Andy Carroll, he's the chief business officer, Longtime Deloitte Hansen associate. He is notorious for being a fucking piece of garbage and uh, shit. So he was up next on the uh, on the uh, chopping block, and boy did he get it 
um, basically after Deloitte announced that everyone put their sights on, on, uh, really the culture of Real Salt Lake at large, but that includes, you know, obviously someone like Andy Carroll, who's leading the business side of things. And, um, on the Real Salt Lake podcast I do, uh, in the RSL soapbox network, um, Lucas Muller put out a really good article today, which is, wait, today Tuesday, today's Tuesday, right? Yes, it is. Uh, Tuesday. Um, There's no such thing as time anymore. Remember, know, guys, I, God I is dead. It. God is absolutely dead. But he did put out a very large and detailed report of um, really awful sexism, sexual harassment type shit that was going on in the RSL organization um, through Andy Carroll, through Deloitte Hansen, specifically in how Andy Carroll talked to talked to and about the Utah Royals players. Um, there were multiple occasions where he was straight up just like, you know, he's like, I don't want um, anyone other than Kristen Press, Amy Rodriguez and Kelly O'Hara on billboards because they're the prettiest ones. We only want them. He told the staff photographer to make sure the shoot that they were doing made the players look sexy. There were there was a player that had um, a, a league achievement that he didn't want publicized too much because he felt like she wasn't pretty enough. Yeah, just awful shit. Just in that, that's and that's just what the players. But we had like a lot of people reporting stories of like sexual harassment, verbal abuse, just awful workplace shit that was going on. Um, you know, the people who were more behind the scenes than the players. So Andy Carroll announced today that he is taking a quote leave of absence, but this is just the first step in getting. We just call that the Tucker. We just call that the Tucker Carlson. Yeah, he really is going on a vacation. Taking a, <laughs> this one, this he's going one, trout he's fishing in gone. Montana. Yes, sir. Taking an unannounced extended vacation. He absolutely is. Yep. So this one, um, it's 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 gonna it's gonna get him out. And luckily, this is going to be the start of a cleaning house for Real Salt Lake, and is going to lead to um, really good things. Honestly, so there's a lot of optimism. Um, I've spoken with and heard from different people within the organization, everywhere from like the grounds crew to marketing to sales to everyone else. And everyone's re- every good person that's in the organization still, God bless them for sticking around this long, despite God being dead. Um, every single person has, even people like towards the top have, uh, you know, secretly and maybe not so secretly admitted how thankful they are for what's taking place right now in the spotlight that's being placed on them. And I, I think there's a lot to be taken from, from this. And I saw like um, people rightly pointing to the horrific sexism, the horrific racism that, that took place in this workplace. But like uh, people are asking questions, you know, like why, why didn't people come forward sooner? Why didn't people go to HR? Despite the fact that some people did go to HR and did never heard anything, which was a uh, um, sideline reporter um, Rebecca Cade, she said that she she had a story that was in RSL Soapbox and also The Athletic that she went to HR and never heard anything back. And she said working for Deloitte Hansen for Andy Carroll was the worst six months of her entire life. And um, people were asking, you know, like, why, why didn't people bring this up? Well, like, why didn't this happen? Why didn't employees band together is what I saw. And I was like, damn, maybe this is kind of indicative of what happens when racist, awful, sexist people are billionaires and amass this much power and are untouchable. And there's no democratic and means in crazy. the workplace to do anything about this. And, and function and operate in a right to work state. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
They like, saw their coworkers what, what do you get do? fired for nothing. You literally cannot do anything. They can no. make up any reason. Uh, the only way, and I saw someone like, well, why didn't they like, somebody should have reported this to like a labor attorney. I was like, you think people have the fucking money or the energy to like report this to a labor attorney? If they want to fire you in the right to work state, and if it's, and it's because you spoke out against you know, sexism or something, they can just fire you and make up some other reason or they don't even yeah. have yeah. to in a right to work state, you don't have to have a reason. Yeah, you can show up at 901. It's like, oh, you're late. Bye. Yeah, that, and that's ended, that kind of is what happened to, to Rebecca Cage. She was just kind of let go. And I, I mentioned last episode, people talking about how somebody was, you know, saying I'm a part-time employee. I'm working 80, 80 hours a week. And this person was fired two weeks later and they couldn't do anything about it. And they wanted to say something, but were like, I don't want to black blackball myself in the sports market. So like I need another job. Yeah. So when people are focused on providing for themselves and their families, um, people will be, people are willing, unfortunately to put up with a lot of shit. And I think this is what we saw here. So it's not, it's not, it's not people in this situation, just like following orders or whatever, but this was a poisonous toxic organization with a billionaire at the helm and his henchmen and second in command, just completely running untouchable since 2013, because there was no, there were no checks. There were no balances of any kind. And it was um, what Deloitte Hansen says goes. And I think this is a really great example of the importance of a democratic workplace. So next time you hear someone uh, shitting and farting out of their mouth about socialism, um, let's talk about democratic workplaces, because if it's not democratic. It's not socialism. And uh, yeah. And if you like, you know, another example of someone like that, who's obviously been untouchable and has failed upward as uh guys we've got a goddamn cheeto in the white house <laughs> we um, really do oh. like a man who just happened to win the lottery of being born to like an insanely oh, wealthy yeah. family who inherited a business <laughs> and who was like pretty much incompetent ran it into the ground and then realized like oh wait i can actually just like be a front for money laundering and then he got on tv and you know, became the president despite having like no how interest many, in being president and no also interest in being president, like this oh, like yeah. laundry list of of scandals and yep. affairs and yep. sexual hey. assault accusations. Yep. So like, yeah, let's scratch our, our temples real quick and wonder how someone like this could be deemed untouchable. Can, can we talk about what the funniest thing about this whole sort of instant is, is mainly just like Deloy Hansen trying to dig up out of the hole he's dug himself into. Uh, yeah. For example, <laughs> like just like the, the, the apology that his wife, Julie yes. Hansen sent to yes. two news. Incredible. That yes. was the most the apology. Cause this is the same woman who in one of Andy Williams stories, um, told Deloy to stop saying the N word. <laughs> Let me At just, the same uh, time, though, like, <laughs> you know, Deloitte Hansen's wife is ride or die. She really you know? is. And, like, loyalty really comes at a premium. If she's willing to do that, man, that's a that's Oh, my a God. Key. We're it, just sitting here. I just, also just notification. I just got a tweet notification from Ben McAdams, and I can't wait to go in on him oh, again no. later. But, but anyway. It also just kind of shows that these people are just so cheap that they won't even, like, hire an, a decent publicist to actually like write out a statement that doesn't make him seem like worse than they already are. So let me just read this whole statement that she sent the two news. It's Julie Aiken Hansen, Deloitte's wife. I just want to, I just want you to know that Deloitte does not have a racist bone in his body. No one supports equality more than this man. He actually read and gave out the new Jim Crow book in support of black lives matter. 
yeah. <laughs> it gets better. Uh, this to- motherfucker is not racist because he read a book. I know. Uh, today, he just wanted to apologize to the fans, the employees, and vendors who worked so hard and were the vendors. And were so- I love applying to. I love apologizing to the vendors, <laughs> and we're sorely disappointed. Very disheartening. Deloitte donates millions every year to lift people up. In fact, he has donated over one hundred and fifty thousand parentheses in the last few years to a small rural village in Malawi. <laughs> this is like that's like a step above like I can't be racist I have a black friend it is no, it's no, no, the no. billionaire version of that <laughs> oh no 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 <laughs> it gets better it says Malawi comma Africa <laughs> hell yeah dude like this is like this is a fucking arrest, arrested I development know. sketch Job had recently made a recording of his ventriloquism act Franklin comes alive he Take hoped one. it would break down racial barriers and maybe be a crossover it ain't gift. easy being white it ain't easy being brown all this pressure to be bright I got children all over town sometimes where'd the guy go this is so bad. All to lift up mankind, parentheses, all black. By the way, <laughs> oh. everyone that lives in Malawi is black, so he can't be racist. Oh. He, gives them, he gives them the equivalent of Kyle giving $5 to somebody panhandling. Like, this is the same thing. Yeah, all black. $150,000, which to like a man who has like two or three like billion dollars is like point zero zero one of their net worth it's insane um what that's like me giving like a hundred bucks no it's probably less uh, yeah let's see yeah it's horrific it's horrifically low and it's it's humiliating to claim that is the reason why you're not racist yeah but think about all the good that did to malawi comma africa (laughs) parentheses all black (laughs) oh man just like you don't have to say anything all black what could the, it cost, guys? The, $10? Love the, I love the parentheses, all black. It's so oh. good. No, no. That, yeah. That, that's just amazing for, a, te- for a, like, a family that's rich enough that they're cheap enough to not have to like actually like craft some sort of like PR responses outside of, you know, he, he loves black people. He gives yep. thousands of dollars to this country that we're, we can't even name the village. It's, it's, it's embarrassing. So he's gone. Andy Carroll's going to be gone. There's going to be good times ahead for Rialso Lake. I don't know what the ownership is going to look like yet, but I think this Guys, is the on, only wait. place where this is happening. I think that we should also make that clear. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, Deloitte. Bye-bye. Um, yeah, Jordan and I were digging into Deloitte Hansen's political do- donations, and it's the most convoluted garbage ever. <laughs> it just he's donating to all the Republicans, all the Democrats. He just yeah, he, he loves them. He maxed out to Jackie Wilson. He maxed out to Ben McAdams. He gave to Ben McAdams and Mia Love in the same in the same campaign cycle. It's when you like have so most, much money that you're just donating to both both teams and hoping that like I mean whoever wins is gonna like you for donating. Yeah, it's oh, the damn, most. It's almost like we we live in a pay to play system. Yeah, we really do. Yeah, it doesn't I mean, even matter. Well, you can it's max also out to both. I think that's just like a rich Utah person thing too. It's like if you look in like the Millers sort of like giving to or like the Huntsmans or anything like that, they they give to everybody yeah. just because like, it's almost like they're two sides of the same coin, which oh, oh, Greg has been, Greg's been dying to go in on for a while and we'll get there. It's a big um, club and you ain't in it. Yep. It, it really is. So 
Real Salt Lake's been freed, but like I mentioned, I think this is something that's happening in a lot of other um, sports organizations in particular. I think um, it's a particularly vulnerable uh, market for this type of exploitation to take place in. And so hopefully this helps weed out some other bad practices that are happening around um, MLS in particular. But good riddance to Deloitte, good riddance to Andy Carroll. Um, yeah, eat shit, both of you. Yeah, speaking of eating shit, one of our favorite characters in, on, the, uh, on the national stage, Joe Kennedy III. Extraordinaire. Eat shit. He ate shit tonight and lost to Ed Markey. <laughs> Kennedy to ever lose a race in Massachusetts. And boy, he got fucking whooped. This is a man who was up on Ed Markey like 25 points a few months ago. And that was before people started hearing him talk. And he fucking blew it. Um, Just, yeah. Uh, Yeah, it was an amazing thing just because like you could just tell from the word go that this guy has nothing in the tank for policy, for anything Mm -hmm. else. He is just like... He is just essentially like a shell waiting for a hermit crab to climb in there. That's all he is. Yep. Yeah, let's be clear. Like he's he was running to Ed Markey's right. Ed Markey is one of the original. Um, he helped write the Green New Deal legislation. He's not like a perfect senator by any means, but um, Joe I mean, Kennedy he, III. He voted for the Iraq War. He did. He's not. He's not a perfect. Sen- I mean, no. he's one of the better ones that are in there still. But he's an old. He's an older guy. Um, you know, he he is definitely to the left of joe kennedy the third who despite this entire campaign could not a single time answer why he was primarying a progressive senator because that's what we always are told that you know you you it, it's scary to pr- to primary the uh the centrist democrats because like they're the ones who have you know both sides but there's when it comes to primarying um, progressives theoretically this is what the democratic party should be all about is getting these actual progressives in there um, and Ed Markey has been a longtime member of the Senate. Um, he, I mean, there's absolutely zero reason to primary him. Um, Joe Kennedy just really wanted to be a senator, and he's a Kennedy. So yeah, because he's a Kennedy, that's was literally yep. his entire campaign yep. was. I'm a Kennedy. Vote for me. There's a- and they, he, they they literally pulled out all the stops that they pulled against Bernie Sanders. Like, oh, my God, they're so mean online. They literally sent out like a press release saying, like, look how much Ed, Ed Markey or excuse me, Joe Kennedy and his and his campaign staff have to endure. And there was a picture of a little cartoon dinosaur saying, fuck, <laughs> Joe, fuck Kennedy. Joe Kennedy. <laughs> and they use that as an example, which is and they claim they were getting death threats. Just the most embarrassing shit like, ever. And could watching you, them eat shit just feels so good. Could you imagine if Joe Kennedy for a day got the replies of Ilhan Omar? Oh, my God, oh. dude. They, like, they don't give a shit if you're like – if you're a Muslim woman who is in Congress, they do not give a fuck about you no. and, your, and your replies. But if you're a white dude who's trying to run for a Senate seat that you feel like you are entitled to as a birthright – then like, oh my God, it's a huge deal that that Lennon lover 69 or a piss pig granddad is talking shit in your replies, dude. It's insane. Like no. I could just I just imagine him like scrolling his Twitter feed and all of a sudden he just starts like foaming at the mouth and having a seizure. Dude. Like yeah. blood running through his nose. Yeah. Oh no, it, it, it's amazing just because 
Yeah, because he was trying to run the same sort of like, there's there's cyberbullying me, and it's not right to have all these horrible things in my replies too. And and then, like, like you brought up the whole thing about him like saying that people kept asking why he's running for Sander and he never really answered to. There was a really weird clip from tonight, which was oh like, God, dude, they don't incredible. ask me, they don't ask me why I'm running for Sander in Springfield. And then he just names like 20 different, like masters. Yeah. And he, he's like, people in a row. are constantly asking me why I'm running for Senate. I have been asked time and time again, why I am running for the United States. I have never been asked that question in Lawrence, Massachusetts. I have never been asked that question in Fall River. I have never been asked that question in Taunton or New Bedford or Holyoke or Chicopee or Springfield. I have never been asked that question in Worcester. I have never been asked that question in Lowell. I have never been asked that question in Roxburgh or in Dorchester or in Mattapan. I have never been asked that question in East Boston or in Chelsea. You know why? Because they know. But people don't ask me why I'm running for Senate. And then he goes and names like 30 Massachusetts cities off the top of his head or whatever. And then he doesn't, he never answered why he's running for Senate. He just said, all, he just named a bunch of towns. All while wearing the standard like tech bro uniform. He, he's wearing the Midtown uniform. If you're on, yes. if you're on Instagram, Google or Google, uh, go on the Instagram search feature and uh, search Midtown uniform. And you can see exactly what, uh, <laughs> what Joe Kennedy was wearing. It's the Patagonia vest, the blue button up shirt, gold watch, just looking like a fucking freak. Um, he and his weird ass wife, dude, I hate them so much. <laughs> I'm so glad he lost. I don't even, yeah. Like Ed Markey just, yeah, I, he, he put out some good ads overall. Uh, I'm pretty indifferent about Ed Markey, but like very happy that he didn't let, I mean, they didn't again, Joe Kennedy, the third was endorsed by Nancy Pelosi and Mark Pocan, who was the, fucking one of the, Beto. I know. And Beto, the last most minute. recently. Beto came in with the with the day of endorsement. It just, just snatched victory. I think yeah. I think Beto and Pelosi are like the kiss of death towards really sort of like Pelosi's is, is in particular is oh. just hilarious because um yeah, just just so embarrassing. I hate Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> um oh, yeah. so uh over the last couple of weeks, so I mean, we talked about this a little bit last time. Um the Bucks kicked off a strike. Um, that that's went throughout the NBA, but then also every other sports league in, in the United States. I think that night NHL continued playing, but the next day they, they, they did a strike. And at first, you know, when it was just the bucks, I was like, man, it's, I, I still think it's depressing that it's like, it's up to these like po- professional per, um, popular athletes to be um, the cart that we have to hitch our wagon to, to like, um, you know, to, to get change of any kind, but, but the players were, there was a moment of realization of how much, how much power the players actually had. And the strike looked to be continuing. Um, LeBron, usually as, as LeBron says, the league goes, but LeBron wanted to basically just cut the season off along with players on the Clippers. So the Lakers and the Clippers were like, we're, let's just, let's just kill it right now. Um, but it turns out, as the Athletic reported, um, they had a phone call with former President Barack Obama, who decided that he was going to take the opportunity to speak to a bunch of um, a bunch of men and young men um, uh, who admire Obama. Barack Obama. 
to he was going to take that opportunity to speak to these young men uh, about how they just need to uh, shut up and dribble. I think. Oh, hello, uh, Mr. Antetokounmpo. Uh, this is uh, former President uh, Barack Obama. Uh, I was actually uh, hoping to pontificate on why you should uh, disappoint everyone, uh, much like I did, and uh, just uh, suck the dick of your uh, corporate overlords. <laughs> it's a you know, I just never thought I'd expect Obama to be kind of wrapped up in a sort of like coaling of like of progressive energy of any kind. Uh, it's not like that happened a few times already. Yeah. No, this was just completely spot on. Um, basically taking some organic, uh, organic energy and channeling it into nothing. Basically saying you guys should keep playing. Um, you demand the league create a social justice committee. We're going to um, do uh, a committee. It's going to be great. Yeah. Um, they And I quote, they, they, they discussed establishing a social justice committee to ensure that the players and league's actions this week led to sustained, meaningful engagement on criminal, criminal justice and police reform. So um, they have like 30 social justice uh, slogans on their jerseys next year instead of 29. Yeah. Obama called... Uh, the Ferguson protesters called them thugs. Um, this shit happened then, and it's going to happen under Biden as well if he does end up winning. You know what's so, the sh- the, to act like-, like these politicians who protect capital and who Obama, who explicitly channeled his entire grassroots organization into and and purposely dismantled all of it um, into complete rubble. Um, you know, to act like they are going to be the like the cudgel of change here, it's, um, it's, it's really naive and it's unfortunate because, and I mean, it it really sucks too, because like, um, I I should pull up that Kyle Kuzma tweet, but George Nying was a good example of like, I mean, these are young guys and they're, and they, and I, I can't fault anyone for like having their heart in the right place and believing that like some politicians also might have their hearts in the wrong place or the right place, especially when it comes to, um, like when so much of this energy is focused on voting and then we're speaking to these like Democrats who are ostensibly who we're supposed to vote for, um, you know, it, it, it's, I don't blame people for thinking that these people have their hearts in the right place and maybe they do, but it's completely naive to think that they're going to actually institute any sort of meaningful change. Like a social justice committee in the NBA isn't going to do anything. The players no. using their power to strike could have done something and could potentially do something in the future still because I think they realized how much power they do have, but that's the way this, this change comes. The, the change doesn't come through committees of, of like of people that have large cats stakes in capital. Like it's, it's, just, it's not going to happen. Like, and, and to the people who are just super cynical and talk about like, Oh, fucking what could NBA players do to try to change owners? It's like, do you not understand what like Dan Snyder did? to downtown Detroit. Yeah. And like, he basically has his own private police. Look no further. If you're like a Utah guy doing this and look and see what the Millers are doing yeah. right now. With exactly. Like the SLC PD and like have basically been bankrolling a slush fund for the SLC PD. Like these owners have so much political. They're capital. literally oligarchs. And so much. Like, yeah. And we, so oh, much influence. Yeah. yeah. It's just oligarchs for a reason with all these billionaires. Like we don't talk about billionaires being having so much power for no reason. They, they have powers within power within their organizations, but there's a reason why, I mean, this country is really as fucked as it is, but like these billionaires that just have like immense 
insane power but like the players have a lot of player the players are the only ones that really have power over these billionaire sports owners yeah and um, if you yeah. can't if you can't hold the feet to the fire then no we're not going to get any sort of like sustainable or systemic right. change no That's like right. that that was completely quashed yeah and it's like the shittiest thing about all of this is that like oh this is obama's new legacy is yeah. like coming in and just like fucking any sort of like actual progress because it would be like a condemnation and a rejection of his legacy right and yeah, we're gonna have to deal like, with Obama for the next two or three decades. That's based exactly off of, what I was just gonna say. Yeah, this shit, dude. It's off, fucking ridiculous. Yeah, he's gonna be the deal maker for accomplishing nothing. There needs to be like we need to get like a the NFL's Justin Jackson. We need to get one of those guys in the NBA, just like um, who can cut through this bullshit. Would, because again, uh, I gotta find that Kyle Kuzma tweet. Hold on. Yeah, that one was amazing. Cops need yeah. more funding. And, yeah, oh my uh, god that's right so he basically said uh did he delete it i think he might have deleted yeah it. something to that extent though of like cops there are like i've talked to actual like good cops and they need they need more funding and they need more education oh i think he did delete it actually and, and this was this was and, after he he had made a really good tweet about like all of this anger and and all of this this movement all of this energy totally. we need to keep it even if Biden gets in office because Democrats and Republicans uh, are two sides of the same coin and yeah. in true 2020 fashion it all just went to shit because yeah God is dead <laughs> well I mean I think that's indicative of a really big issue that like. I mean, it really shouldn't be on Kyle Kuzma, uh, like yes. to be the person to 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 be talking about these things. And and I don't expect I don't expect anyone to have their head in this shit. So if Kyle Kuzma, t- you know, he he has had a lot of really great things to say about this, but then he he kind of went on a thing where he was like, "Cops just need more training." I've talked to cops, um, and they and they say they don't have the training they need, which is complete bullshit. Like they spend, I mean, we know that's bullshit, and um, I, Kyle probably quickly learned that that, that is bullshit. But like all of these guys have their hearts in the right place and and they're not just millionaire babies who are crying and think they have it bad. They're literally speaking out for people who look like them, people from their communities where they grew up. And so it's they're coming from a place of of sympathy and solidarity. But the problem is that like a lot of these guys are fucking 22, 23 years old. They're not expect we shouldn't be expecting these guys to have all the answers. So um i mean as as stuff moves moves forward i think we did see that the that the players do have um a lot of power but it's it's just not going to come through channels of calling president obama to ask him for advice because again this man was president for eight years and it led to exactly where we are today so i mean come on we gotta we Obama needs he's he's not going to go away. Unfortunately, no. I wish he would just ri- do the Jimmy Carter or whatever, or just ride jet skis into the sun or whatever the fuck. But no, he's way too narcissistic. What's so annoying shit, is though. that he claims that he doesn't want to be involved in shit. Like he's he's like, oh man, I just would love to move on. It's like then do it, dude. He doesn't want to be away. involved unless it involves his legacy. Yeah, well, and, yeah. And speaking of that legacy, um, he I mean he came right after. Uh, George Bush, which <laughs> we got a little flash from the past um, with LeBron wearing a shirt. Um, today, we saw some photos of him wearing a shirt that says vote or die. A very effective strategy from 2004, uh, by yeah. the way. <laughs> hey, Jordan, can you remind us what happened in 2004? 
Oh, yeah. Uh, George W. Bush got reelected against an ineffective Democratic candidate. Ineffective Democratic candidate who pushed to the right to try to show that he was the reasonable selection among him and the crazy guy, which is George Bush, and oh, was but, like, I'm a troop. And But, uh, but how are they going to do anything bad against John Kerry? He was a yep. troop. He reported was, for duty. And then they just yep. called him like a wussy war hero who made up all of his like legacy. Yep. Can you can you also remind me? Wasn't like John Kerry really old and like basically had a pudding brain as well? No, John Kerry is actually still fairly bright. He looks like a corpse now, but in two thousand four, like he was still like he was like mid sixties or so. He wasn't bad, but he also did have like a philanderer uh, fraudster for his running mate too. So that probably didn't well, help. That's right. right. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think that leads us into like. Um, a bigger discussion here about so like we've all gone to protests we've seen stuff constantly like um part of this this uh committee or whatever it's part of the agreement that, that happened with the nba and the players and obama or whatever is that some of these uh stadiums in different cities are going to be turned into polling places which on its face is good we should have polling more accessible polling places especially in places where voting rights have been completely attacked um, starting with the, with the, well, not starting, but like most recently with the gutting of the voting rights act, um, in places like Georgia in particular, Atlanta is a huge city for voter suppression and the Atlanta Hawk stadium is going to be a place where people can vote. So, um, that is good. That is good. But like the, one of the most, uh, kind of patronizing and like, ineffective things that people have been saying i've seen at protests and online or whatever is like vote there was someone's got to pull up that tweet about liberals and complacency in the vote thing jordan you should find that tweet and read it to us oh are you talking about the one like i'm gonna vote so hard yeah yeah basically that one (laughs) but like i mean what really fucking sucks about that whole mindset is that when you think about cities and dense, densely populated areas um, on the whole scale, you talk about Salt Lake City, you talk about Portland, um, LA, New York City, Minneapolis, or most recently Kenosha, um, where Jacob Blake was, uh, the police attempted to execute him in the street. These are, um, as, <laughs> as Trump continues to remind us over and over again, these are Democrat cities. Um, these are cities that have in Salt Lake City's example, our DA is a, is a Democrat. Our mayor is a Democrat, both at the city and county level. Jenny Wilson and Aaron Mendenhall are both Democrats. All three of them. Sim Gill. Yeah. DA, Sim Gill. Um, all three of them just happen to be Pete Buttigieg type Democrats, but whatever. Um, so when you try to boil all of this, this shit down to just voting your way out of these problems, um, it's not the fucking answer because there's not, there's only so many people we can vote for. And obviously there can be change enacted at a, on an electoral and on an electoral level. We've seen some socialist DAs get in on places like, um, San Francisco and Seattle, I believe, or maybe that was city council. But, um, Jordan, do you have that tweet? I do. It is, uh, it's from Matt Rogers, who I have no idea who he is, but it says, trust me, liberals are not complacent. We're ready to vote right. F ex, uh, asterisk, 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 ing now if we Ready could. to vote right now. Uh, we're not complacent. We're ready to vote right now. I, I fucking hate that shit so much because, I mean, 
I can't wait to fucking catch COVID in a voting booth. There are so there's there's so much energy right now. And like you can criticize the protests in different ways. You can talk about the writing or whatever. But it really we're asking when, when you get into that discussion, you're basically criticizing why water is boiling. And you're like, well, the water shouldn't be boiling. I'm against boiling water without asking any questions about how the water became to be in a boiling state. So, um, you know, I, and we're in this weird cat, we're in this box because basically Trump right now is basically saying, look, look at, look at, look at the turmoil right now. Like pretend Joe Biden is president. Like Joe Biden is responsible for all of the incredible violence that's taking place in the streets. But Trump is president. But the way that they're kind of framing this to be Joe Biden's thing is that Joe Biden's a Democrat. These are Democrat run cities, which is often the case in these densely populated areas. And we don't really need to go into why that's kind of like a no brainer with these more diverse, densely populated areas. They tend to lean Democrat, um, even in red states. So we're in this weird spot where Trump is criticizing these state or these cities, despite being in red states or even blue states um, for the violence that's taking place. And the problem is that he has a point in that, um, like all of this is to, to Greg's thing that he's going to go off on is that this shit is this is two sides of the same coin. Um, police forces in this country have been built and constructed to protect capital. That is a right wing ideology. Doesn't matter if it's Democrats, doesn't matter if it's Republicans. That's a right wing ideology and framing and, and completely gutting social safety nets, completely gutting social um, welfare programs, public education, public services, completely gutting those and creating a very bloated, gigantic police force. Um, that is a right wing ideology. I don't give a fuck if it's a Democrat doing it. But the problem is, is that these Democrats have to reconcile with that fact. And so they have to take responsibility for what's been going on. And the problem is that they have not been doing so. Whew. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's you you really summed up what I was going to say very nicely. But it's ultimately, yeah, it's two sides of the same coin. And we have to stop believing this idea that somehow Democrats are going to save us. Like throughout 2020, if, if something isn't just incredibly apparent with the response to these protests, the fucking riots or looting, whatever you want to call it, is that like there's there's not an answer, whether it's either side, because both sides are completely beholden to the pillars of power that are propping up these systems. And ultimately, it has to do with capitalism and protecting capital at all costs. Again, it's just it's two sides of the of the of the same coin. And the battle between the two is simply a struggle of who's going to sink the ship. It really is, Jordan. I think the Democrats find themselves in a precarious sort of position right now, too, because at a certain point, like, what are you going to say about this as well? Like, you can't just say, like, full on, like, I'm glad they burned those buildings down or anything like that, because it's not going to play well with half the country. And then, like, Republicans <laughs> have played on loop for, like, the next year or so until, like, you're all just, like, drawn and quartered at the end of yeah. it. So I, I do think that, like, pointing to like pointing to like the elements that create the situation is important for this because that's your best argument for this too. It's like, well, here's what happened that caused this, 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 and this. And 
I honestly think that that would probably be the best thing possible for like the Biden campaign to do. It's like their one ad they had to where they just showed like a bunch of empty stadiums too. And just like, you could have been there to these places, but guess who fucked it up? But they don't do that beyond like one little ad or something like that too. Like, yeah, I mean, and, and, and that's the thing. I, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen from here. I don't, I'm not going to pretend to. That's really what, what Democrats, especially at the local level, level are going to have to reckon with. And the, the, one of the hardest things for me to square is I don't know where the local level ends and the national response begins. Like, I think that we would have a very different relationship with government if we had a single payer healthcare system in this country. I think that everyone would have a different relationship with government, but I, so, and, and I think that that would, that would eliminate a lot of the problems that people are dealing with, but obviously not all of them. If we had a public housing program at the national level, like I, I, it's hard for me to know where that, that local level starts and ends and the national level starts and ends. But um, I think Democrats really do have to do some reckoning here and realize that their policies, while even if they're Democrats, these right-wing policies lead to this type of response. Um, And there needs like that, that, that soul searching needs to happen or else basically, I mean, right now we're, we're at a presidential level. We are basically seeing a battle for suburban white women, we saw that through the entire DNC or the, the entire RNC. And now with Joe Biden basically saying, you know, I don't support violence of any kind on the right or the left. Um, you know, the, like just the way that they've historically whitewashed the civil rights movement in general, um, especially when it comes to Martin Luther King Jr. and Malcolm X, there was that the, um, the three of us talked about this the other day, but there's this account on Twitter, this jazz fans against racism Twitter, which is kind of a funny, like corny thing that I was kind of laughing about. But this guy that runs this account makes really good videos. And he was talking about um, that whitewashing of these legacies of these men or of specifically MLK Jr. But then the the demonization of someone like Malcolm X and his methods of of uh, acquiring um, civil rights and the way that that white people tend to criticize the response rather than. Um, the cause of these problems. So basically, like, I don't like the way people are are protesting. We're seeing this so much with the NBA players and people don't like the way that NBA players are protesting. Or I, I would have, you know, I'm against racism, but I don't like the way that they're going about this. We're continually um, critiquing the method rather than the cause and, and the result. So, you know, I, there's not a good answer to this. And Joe Biden certainly isn't the answer to this. I do oh. hope he wins because I think that we are we are looking at some real fashy shit going on right now, and especially the way that Republicans have completely gotten behind Kyle Rittenhouse, the 17-year-old who murdered two people and um, injured severely a third with his AR-15 at the protest in Kenosha the other night. Um, I unfortunately saw Tucker Carlson's defense of Kyle Rittenhouse with Kyle Rittenhouse's lawyer. Um and it's really fucking scary. So I don't, I have no idea what's going to happen, but I know that like, um, you know, if, if Biden needs to say whatever this is, whatever he's saying to win at this point, um, so be it. But like, God damn, <laughs> there's gotta be some serious, serious soul searching on the part of these Democrats who have enacted these policies that have led to this type of shit. I, uh, I sent out a tweet this morning kind of to this point, and I said, uh, after watching a bunch of the DNC and RNC speeches, the message of this election are clear. For the Democrats, it's, we hear you, we see you, but we're not going to do shit about yeah. it. 
For the Republicans, it's you need us to protect you from the horrors that have transpired under our watch. Yeah. Also, fuck everyone who isn't us because everything is a culture war. And all in all, neither party has a plan or any real viable solutions to the multitude of problems our nation faces. Well, outside of platitudes, fear mongering and blaming the other side. Yeah, I have no idea. I it's it's I've been in full existential crisis mode lately because um, we have two our two candidates for president are two men who are on the brink of full mental collapse. We have a um, a party that's fully supportive of and, and 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 embracing the fascist elements of their party, and then we have a very milk toast, inadequate opposition party that's willing to just kind of, um, you know, uh, put band-aids on wounds that require uh, just, very serious surgery. It just goes back to the Joe Biden line about shooting people in the leg. I think about that that's, so much. That's really, <laughs> that's really was just like the perfect encapsulation yeah. I mean, um, yeah, yeah. For some background, like Joe Biden was asked about this police violence, specifically. I can't remember if it was after George Floyd or one of the other police murders that we've seen this summer. Um, but I mean, Joe Biden kind of along that same line of like it all it all it is is it's about training. It's like we should be training cops to shoot people in the leg instead of the heart. So it's the party of not outright death, but just outright maiming. Yeah, it's. Yeah, that's I mean, and that's really that is the Democratic Party so hard dude. in a nutshell is that their only goal is to be a a fraction. And I'm talking a very, very tiny fraction, like a one one hundredth fraction better than the Republicans so they can point the finger and say, hey, we're better than these guys and you have to vote for us or you get the really, really, really bad stuff. Hey, speaking of uh, milk toast Democrats versus fashy elements, what's up with Ben McAdams? Hey, oh, you guys know how much we love Ben McAdams. So Ben McAdams, he is a freshman congressman um, elected in 2018. He uh, took the seat over from Mia Love, um, and he was the he's the former mayor of Salt Lake County, uh, County, right? Not yes, Salt Lake County. Yep. Um, he is up against, uh, Burgess Owens, ex NFL player, current CTE haver, um, and current QAnon ish guy who has been going all in on the human trafficking, um, element to what he claims to be the Trump organization, uh, the Trump administration's, uh, one of their key priorities uh, Burgess Owens recently, I think we mentioned the last episode, had just spoken at the RNC that evening. Just the most uh, complete bullshit. Um, and we don't need to go into <laughs> to what he had to say. But what I do want to talk about in particular is Ben McAdams and his strategy going into his election this fall to defend his seat against a re- Republican challenger in Burgess, in, in, uh, Burgess Owens. Um. So, as I mentioned, Burgess Owens is really in on the human trafficking thing. And it was brought to my attention by these fine gentlemen that Ben McAdams is running a Save the Children ad. Who he's, trying to, he's trying to out-cue, like, a full-blown QAnon supporter. Yeah, he's only, like, he's 
he might embrace Q before Owens does, which is kind of amazing. And I, it, oh he's going to come out. He's going to come out and endorse Trump, guys. It, it's a really incredible thing right now that Ben McAdams is pretty much is like co-opting like the biggest point of like the Owens campaign, and the only other like wing of his campaign is essentially like hoping that Burgess Owens embarrasses himself enough to lose. I mean, which, not, which not, I don't, I don't know if he can, like he's so mainstream Republican at this point. Like it's basically just the Republicanism versus yeah. the blue dog Democrat, which yeah. is what Ben McAdams. Yeah, nothing of it matters. It doesn't matter that he plagiarized his books, <laughs> which by the way, can we speak about how lazy you have to be to plagiarize a conservative book? Like I could probably knock one out in like an afternoon and just call it good. But no, this guy went on Wikipedia and just started like pulling chapters and throw it in there. Not to mention the fact that he also swore under oath that he has brain damage. Not to yeah. mention the fact that he has like four different bankruptcies in his past or anything like that. Like there's nothing in Burgess Owens past that shows him as like an honest dealer and pretty much anything he's ever done. But guess what? He's still probably going to be Ben McAdams because unlike Ben McAdams, he actually has charisma and things. Yeah. So, and like a, he may not have much of a brain left, but at least he has a spine. He does. And I, I have, I will, I mean, I think it's going to end up being inconsequential because I, I do think Democrats are going to win more seats in the House and more seat and going to take the Senate. Um, and I do think Ben McAdams is going to lose to, to Burgess Owens. It's now been his race is con- currently considered a toss up. And as polls tighten around Donald Trump and as we get um, further away from um, the inception of the coronavirus, um, despite the fact that you know, they are incredibly responsible for how fucking trash the, the uh, response has been, the Trump administration. Um, the polling is tightening right now. And I don't know if there's enough on Ben McAdams side to get him over the hump this time. Last time there was a ballot initiative that was a off year election. Um, there was a 2018 election. It wasn't a presidential year election, but He's going up against uh, Burgess Owens, obviously, and um, Ben McAdams has always been a um, this man. Oh my God, he endorsed Michael Bloomberg um, at a time when he didn't need to. And he like no one really gave a fuck what his endorsement was. He endorsed Michael Bloomberg and then kind of hid from the endorsement. And especially after, because it, it was after- right before. Yeah, sorry, Greg. This is right when, like, yeah, right after Bloomberg got, or right before Bloomberg got roasted by Warren yep. in the debate, mm-hmm. and which just, like, essentially killed his campaign. Yep. Uh, Benjamin Dixon exposed a lot of stuff online about what oh, uh, uh-huh. about what Bloomberg had been saying, and then Warren fucking busted his chops on stage. And, that he like, those two things basically just killed his campaign. Um, so Ben McAdams hid from that endorsement that he had. He couldn't even go with the fucking hip pick which was uh Buddha judge with the local um, democrats um but this guy does not shut the fuck up about the national debt um i don't have it on hand but there was a time in the middle of it's probably april or may we're getting to the peak of the pandemic um at a certain point in the pandemic response at a national level and he's like basically saying you know, I think that this this help is needed, and I think we should be providing financial assistance to um, Americans, but we shouldn't lose sight of what this is doing to the to the deficit. And we need to be making sure that we're baking in plans about the fucking deficit. And anyone that gets obsessed with the deficit is just one of the biggest fucking losers ever. I hate these people so much because they're so 
much information out here about how this shit really doesn't matter. And I can't, I cannot listen to this coming from a man who voted to fund concentration camps at the border. He voted for the, the fucking inflated military budget that funds space force. And he brags about these votes because he, he's like, this does great things for the, the active duty members in Utah, or this does great things for the government workers in Utah or, or whatever. Um, he always tries to pretend like there's this like incredible benefit for for Utahns, but um, he's fucking obsessed with the word bipartisan. He won some award for bipartisanism, which is the most embarrassing Ugh. shit ever. Um, be, just be a Republican, dude. Yeah. Like if you you he'd be how happier. Could you? He would be happier, but how could not with his wife? I think I think she would probably fucking kill him. But um, I don't know how he you might be happier if that but, happened. But you're actually, but when you bring up the whole thing where you're saying like there needs to be some sort of like debt control on like aid to COVID nineteen stuff. Yeah, that was while he was recuperating from COVID nineteen himself. He, he was in the fucking hospital. Yes, yes, this man is insane and. Uh, he was in the hospital with, um, might I mention, incredibly good health insurance. Um, and he, he's on this kick right now. I mean, he, he does these big, like, gigantic photo ops where he's like, you know, today I'm helping. I'm, I'm passing some legislation. Again, he always talks about this this legislation that goes nowhere because, he, because of, um, you know, who's running the Senate right now, which is Mitch McConnell. Ben McAdams will never call out the Republicans for blocking any sort of he, he brags about his legislation all the time. It'll never go fucking anywhere because it never makes it through the Senate because Re- Mitch McConnell is just a, a fucking anvil from Looney Tunes just sitting on the goddamn desk and he doesn't do anything. So none of this goes anywhere. So anytime you see Ben McAdams bragging about anything, it doesn't go anywhere. It's not doing anything. It's not helping anyone. He has doesn't he passed, do Has he passed anything? He has some like dumb fucking bills. I don't know. I don't give a shit. Probably. All these bills are like, I helped expand. Um, I, I said something earlier about protecting people from fucking hornet's nest. His shit is so fucking yeah, trash. He probably passed so some much. sort of like resolution praising the boy scouts for yeah. like helping old oh ladies across the street. <laughs> so he has three tweets today and announcing a bill to increase the number of mental health workers in Utah at a news conference today at 10 a.m. Um, I'm talking about the need for more qualified professionals available to Utah families in need of support. You know, anytime somebody says um, uh, access, fuck that person. But also, uh, you know what would help people more when it comes to uh, mental health problems is maybe like being able to see a mental health professional when they need it the fucking most because sometimes that's when they lose their job and when they Not lose their job they lose their health the insurance and when you lose your job and your health insurance and you have a family your mental health might not be doing so well you know what would you you might need in that time um a mental health professional oh too bad you can't pay for it because you don't have insurance because you don't have a job so maybe we should fucking destroy that dynamic instead of you know, making it so you can text your your fucking therapist and they can respond to you every other week or some fucking dumb law like that. It's just, I just can't get over this like wonky technocratic bullshit of just expanding access. Like these systems are fundamentally broken when you need these pro- these these services the most. They're not va- available to you and they're not accessible to you. If you don't have a job, you don't have insurance. And if you don't have insurance, you can't see these people without going broke because you don't have a fucking job, so you can't pay for it. This, I just, 
my God, I just need to go. I, I need to yell at Ben McAdams face. I really hope I run into this motherfucker somewhere. And I'm just going to yell at him. I'm I don't know, man. Him. I smell a boxing challenge. And I really think that you could take Ben McAdams. Yeah. My money's on you. White boy. <laughs> oh, I love that button so much. Man. It's so good. It really is so good. Um, ben Cuck Adams. Bitch yeah. ass white boy. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, oh my God. Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of where we're at with Ben McAdams. I uh, he did a debt town hall the other day where yes. he had so what many. I, I need to show up to these things and talk shit, but just like whoa, 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 whoa. what the fuck is a debt town hall? He basically had a bunch of concerned citizens whose main issue supposedly is the is the national debt, and they got oh. together to discuss and jack each other off over how much money we're in debt supposedly. Even though that's it's just completely not true. Yeah, even though like that's pretty much pointless with a fiat currency. Yep, cool. It yeah, absolutely. Sure. Is. Like, oh no, who's gonna call in our debt? Yeah. Like, people can't afford like their mortgages and yeah, are losing job left and right and can't afford health care and like we're living in this fucking nightmare. But what really matters right now, guys, is how indebted we are and also like 70 percent of like the national debt is owned by like government entities whether the federal one through the social security or through state pension comes through states with through pensions or through local governments that's who owns our debt like we don't owe anything because like almost the entirety of it is owned by the government already how badly do you think ben mcadams wants to slash social security dude oh totally like he's like, so, I just I just imagine him just like waking up and like like he, oh he has feverish sweats. I, he, I almost has, tweeted earlier. Do you think Ben McAdams would sacrifice one of his children if he could cut the national debt by one trillion dollars? <laughs> <laughs> and I I I, it's a I necessary think I might get banned. I think I might get banned for that. But then too, I don't know the answer. <laughs> oh, he'd have a wet dream if he just thought about the idea of like having a press conference where he could just say how in social security was insolvent <laughs> and needs to be cut or strictly reformed. Yep. Oh, whew. what is more important than fiscal responsibility? Nothing. Absolutely. Especially nothing. when you've got a goddamn Cheeto in the white house with like 16 bankruptcies. Oh, the, God. the idea of a debt town hall is going to make me mad like for the rest <laughs> of the night. And I'm, I'm going to think about it in the morning. I'm going to think about it for I'm I'm, I'm going to be mad the rest of the week. Just think about a debt town hall. Can we just we need to just round up a bunch of people who are like, you know, drowning in medical bills, which is, you know, like a lot of the country and just like have them go to the debt town hall and be like, I can't pay for my i don't know my my fucking whatever treatment like yep whoops that's a dead town hall whoops we misread the uh the description for this event but we're here anyway so we're going to talk to you about it anyway sorry guys i'm out of network uh oh man Fuck. anyway yeah. all right i'm already angry so positive vibes Positive vibes. All right, I'm angry um, enough tonight, guys. Should we call it? Let's call it. I'm gonna get one of Rudy Gobert's crystals, and it's gonna bring positive energy to my life. 
It absolutely will. Um, yeah, it's well, been uh, it's it's been delightful, boys. I uh, glad we were able to meet here together, Greg. I'm glad you're back. It's great to see you. Um, yeah, love you, boys. Love you both too. Uh, just hope hoping everyone else next- listening has a great great day, morning, evening, or night. Yep, just hoping Rudy Gobert gets a crystal to help him rebound next year. Absolutely. <sighs> or Shout I don't know all the crystals. Make a fucking free throw. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right, boys. Good night. Bye.